When a fellow believer shares his or her story with you, what grabs your attention? Are there certain themes you listen for? Are there commonalities amidst the diversity and complexity of our individual stories? Experiences that we share and that map onto a basic framework of understanding? I'm glad to welcome you as a listener to this podcast. I'm Mike Emlett, counselor and faculty member at the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, CCEF. In conjunction with the release of my new book, Saints, Sufferers, and Sinners, Loving Others as God Loves Us, you're about to hear a new podcast series during which I'll interview several of my colleagues at CCEF. During these conversations, we'll explore the intersection of three struggles common to each of us as believers in Christ. The first is the struggle to ground our foundational identity in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Who am I, really, and how do I live each day in light of that identity is a question we find ourselves revisiting often as believers. What does it truly mean to live as a daughter or son of our Heavenly Father, a saint who is secure in Christ. The second is the struggle with suffering. We all wrestle with various hardships and afflictions, whether they arise from bodily weakness, relationships, or the situational challenges of life, whether they be traffic jams, financial hardships, or pandemics. How do we draw near to God? who is an ever-present help in times of trouble. How do we help others do that? Third is the struggle with sin. We all wrestle with the evil that dwells within our hearts and erupts in words and deeds that harm others and ourselves. How do we reckon with the fact that, as the Apostle Paul says, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me? How does God help us grow in holiness? Moreover, how do we speak wisely and winsomely to those mired in sin? As Christians, we share the experience of simultaneously being saints, sufferers, and sinners. Knowing one another and loving one another well requires that we attend to these three foundational experiences. So join me now in listening to Stories from Saints, Sufferers, and Sinners. Today I'll be speaking with Sarah Gamage. Sarah works part-time in customer service at CCEF. She and her husband, Anthony, were involved in campus ministry for many years and now serve together in a local church where Anthony is lead pastor. Sarah enjoys supporting her husband in various ways behind the scenes while also giving leadership to the women's Bible study and singing with the worship ministry at their church. And one of her favorite roles is being mom to their two teenagers, Maddie and Asher. 
As I've been doing with each podcast, let me guide your listening just a bit by pointing to a few things. First, the nature of sanctification. As Christians, God has freed us from bondage to sin and is conforming us to the character of Christ. But how does that look? What is the experience like? We talk about the fact that holiness is not simply sinning less and less, but having a growing awareness of the depth and extent of your sin, coupled with a growing awareness of God's holiness, which is an intolerable gap unless it is filled by the cross of Christ. Notice also how Sarah talks about identity in Christ as him drawing near. Being a saint fundamentally means that we are not alone. And that's a theme you'll hear woven throughout the podcast. Later, Sarah tells a beautiful story about how members of her small group ministered to their family. That reminds us that we love sinners well, not only in word, but also in deed. And then lastly, if you're a parent with children at home, you'll hear Sarah talk about the importance of asking questions to get to the heart of the matter, rather than just reacting in frustration to our children's behavior. And you'll be encouraged by something that helps Sarah in the midst of her parenting failures, namely that your kids don't need perfect parents. They need repentant parents. Well, Sarah, I'm really, really thankful for the opportunity to, to talk with you today and to, to hear more about, uh, about your life and your, your journey with Christ. So thank you for, yeah, for taking the time to, to talk with me. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good. Yeah, I um, always like to start with getting a sense of um, how you came to know the Lord. What's what's your story of the the Lord drawing you into His family? Mm. Yeah, so you know, I I expressed faith in in Christ when I was only six years old. I was uh, grew up in a Christian family, and we often had family devotions after mm. dinner, and so we had been talking about, uh, you know, the fact that. Uh, we as people have, in in my six year old terms, a dirty heart, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, where we we you know our natural tendency is is not to obey God and not to please Him and not to follow after Him, and we need we need Jesus who died on the cross for our sins to to save us. We need to to trust that, and um, so I was starting you know of course in my six year old way to understand those things and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I prayed with my parents after after family devotions, and really, you know, I would say I started experiencing at a very young age uh, just the benefits of mm. a Christian home, of a of a community, a good church, a good youth group, uh, where I could grow, study the Bible, mm. uh, go on missions trips, you know. Um, and we actually started talking about uh, this big word called sanctification. Yes. What is <laughs> yes. that word? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, this idea that God has freed us from the bondage of sin and, you know, is making us to look more and more like himself. And so, you know, in my in my young mind, you know, junior high, high school, I kind of interpreted that as, well, okay, then I should probably be seeing my sin less and less as I grow because Jesus is making me look more and more like himself. But it was actually hard for me because that was not not what I was experiencing. Yeah. I was, actually, as I grew, I was seeing my sin more and more. And, yes. you know, of course, my response was, well, you know, what what's going on here? Kind of shame, mm-hmm. you know, hiding, um, a lot of uh, co- trying to cover or blame shift, you know, for my sin. 
Um, so anyway, there really, I would say there was a turning point. Um, I guess I would have been about my, oh, I guess, early to mid twenties, mm-hmm. uh, when someone took me aside and, uh, showed me something called the cross chart. Oh yeah. And yeah, so you can Google that, but, uh, basically just to kind of sum it up, it, it basically, uh, depicts that as we walk with Jesus, we're actually becoming more and more aware mm-hmm. of our sin because we're becoming more and more aware at the same time of Christ's uh, holiness, of God's, of God's perfection, and, you know, the disparity between what we offer and what He offers, mm-hmm. you know, who we are and who He is. Yeah. And as a result, uh, the only thing to bridge that gap is the cross of Jesus. And, and, I, and really what, what the beautiful part of, of the whole chart was is just seeing how the beauty of the cross grows uh, over the Christian life, you know, mm-hmm. because we see, oh man, this is really what Jesus did for me, and 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 what it becomes more and more amazing. I guess yeah. is what I'm, what I'm getting at. So, um, yeah, so that actually really freed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really trapped uh, in my own performance. You know, I was trapped in, uh, you know, trying to please God and trying to please others, and um, just recognizing that this life is kind. The Christian life is is not about being perfect, it's actually this this kind of learning this waltz between repentance and forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, running to Jesus in those moments of sin or shame or failure um, and not trying to cover them up or make excuses, yeah. but running to him and thanking him for what he has already done on my behalf. So that was just a huge life-turning event. And I feel like since then, you know, I've just been working that out and trying to figure out what that looks like on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, and that's still in progress to this day, so. Yes, hence the p- yes. progressive aspect of our yes. sanctification, our growth, our growth in yes. Christ. Yeah, yep. Yep. yeah, that uh, that cross chart was also helpful to me. I mean, I, I think that originated with, uh, with Paul Miller uh, when he was mm-hmm. at World Harvest Mission, now Surge, and it's actually in uh, his book, uh, A Praying Life, if, uh, if listeners are uh, wanting yeah. to, to check that out. But yeah, just that idea that, um, that we, as we see our sin more clearly, actually we're freed to see our mm-hmm. sin in a sense more clearly rather than either Absolutely. cover it up or move into a place of despair because the Lord, his cross bridges the gap mm-hmm. between uh, between God's holiness and yeah. our you know and our and our sins. So that's yeah. that was actually also helpful to uh, to me uh, in that's in the Christian cool. life as well. Yeah, I like what you said. It frees us up to see our sin because mm-hmm. I think until then, until you know it's covered, it's you. It's so scary to look at. Yeah. It's scary to acknowledge, but once you know that Jesus has covered it and forgiven it. And you know, paid the debt for it. It's it's a lot easier to acknowledge and say, "Yep, I need Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did it again. You know, I did it again. I need his his mercy and grace still." That's right. I, I once had a yeah. pastor who, if you would point out something in his life, you know, some place of, of needed growth, he would say, "Oh yes," and you, you don't know the half of it. You know, <laughs> that's exactly uh, right. That is scratching the surface. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it's it's challenging to um, you know to live out of our mm-hmm. identity in Christ. You know that we're mm-hmm. a beloved uh, son or uh, or daughter. How I mean, how have you seen that? You know, 
over time uh, play out in your own life? How, how does mm-hmm. your awareness that, um, yeah, you're secure in Christ mm-hmm. help you in facing suffering and sin in your life? Yeah, I think uh, in my life, something that I say a lot to my soul <laughs> is, Sarah, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. You are, you're not an orphan. You're not on your own. Uh, there is a loving God who, who, who's got you and uh, is, has your best interests at heart. Even when it doesn't appear mm. you know, that circumstances are working for your favor, there's something going on behind the scenes that you're not aware of. And that's just given me a lot of stability uh, in my life you know, to, mm-hmm. to take steps of faith, to do things that normally I wouldn't be eager to do or wouldn't feel qualified to do. But as the Lord you know, presents opportunities, I think, okay, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to go forward with him in this. And uh, sometimes that's suffering. Sometimes that's just steps of faith and in, in even good, good ways. Um, but yeah, he, just knowing that I'm not alone mm-hmm. uh, is just a huge, it's a huge freeing factor in life to continue taking yeah. one step at a time. Yeah. Cause so often the, you know, this idea of identity in, in Christ and being secure in Him, we, it, it can feel so abstract. Um, and so what you're talking about is something that's, that's, uh, that's obviously much more personal and in the moment, I am not alone. Uh, he's with me. He's walking with me by, by His Spirit. So it's not just kind of once and done, you're in the family, yeah. but hey, He's with you. He's in, within you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. It changes everything. Mm. How, I mean, how are, how, how would be, what are some ways now in which, I mean, you've been walking with Christ for, for a long time. What are, what are some places where you find it challenging to live out of this settled and secure place in Christ? Yeah, I mean, I think I still definitely struggle with the fear of man. Uh, fearing what others think of me uh, more than resting in that secure identity that, you know, it really doesn't matter. Um, as I step out in faith and, and walk with Jesus, I, I, I'm loved. I'm, I'm, my identity is not in what people think of me is what I'm, what I'm getting at. So um, that for sure is, is a place that I struggle to, to live out of my secure identity. Um, and actually, I've made a practice of, you know, when when an opportunity comes across my plate or, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asked to do something that I feel inadequate to do, which that's always my default is, oh, someone could do this better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I make a, a practice to stop and to, to not say no right away, uh, but to give it some time and just talk to the Lord about it and uh, see if maybe this is a way he wants me to serve and just make sure that I'm not, I'm not just defaulting to that fear you know, mm-hmm. that fear of man, but I'm defaulting to, okay, uh, is this something that, that I'm being called to do by faith mm-hmm. and not, not worrying so much about how I'll be perceived or if I'll fail, you know, the, the failure, fear of failure. Um, but, but is this something that God wants me to, to try or to embark on? So, yeah. Yeah. You're highlighting just, you know, one of the, one of the places where we can, um, 
where we can gravitate to false identities, right? Like mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. are who others say we are, um, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. we are we are what others think about us. And other for other people, it's you know we are what we what we do, uh, or we are mm -hmm. what we have. Like there's so many mm -hmm. other places where we can, I think, where we as Christians always are battling against uh, you know false false identities. Mm -hmm. So what you, yeah, you're describing you know, one of those places where we can be yeah, fearing what others think of us. And that, yeah. that, that is our well-being then, if we're, mm -hmm. if we're thought well of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it hinders. It hinders from, mm -hmm. from seeing the Lord show up in ways you could have never imagined because I'm afraid to take that step, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm afraid of what people will think. And um, so it has been neat as just looking back over the trajectory of my life, I can see where just the Lord has shown up and really done some amazing things that wouldn't have happened if I would have succumbed to my mm. fear mm -hmm. of, you know, failure or fear of what people would think. So yeah. still a work in progress for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. And and I think, you know, you're, you're in one sense, you're highlight, you didn't say it quite this way, but it's your your security in Christ gives you mm -hmm. courage in those Absolutely. in those moments to 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 press to press in and mm -hmm. and against your your fears. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. What what about what about in the the context of of suffering? Um, mm -hmm. How? I mean, you alluded to this. I think when you were talking about he he's with me. He's mm -hmm. he's I'm not alone in this. But could you talk a little bit more about how your your, your settled place as a beloved mm -hmm. uh, daughter has helped you in the midst of, in the midst of suffering? Mm. Well, again, like I said, just not being alone in it. Um, I think something else that really helps me in suffering is knowing that um, Jesus Himself has suffered, mm. um, that he gets it. There, mm -hmm. it's, this is not unknown to him. And um, the fact that he is my brother, you mm -hmm. know, Jesus, my brother, God, my father, the fact that they understand, you know, Jesus understands firsthand what I'm experiencing and knows how to meet my needs more than I know how to pray mm -hmm. is just a huge, huge relief. Um, it really, sometimes, you know, in suffering, I've just, uh, just cried out to him with, with no real words, but just tears mm -hmm. and just that, that inward, uh, sense of the spirit, uh, going on my behalf and, and, uh, interpreting those tears is just a real, um, yeah, it's just a gift mm. like in the midst of, of suffering when you can't tell which end is up, yeah. you know? Yeah, so I mean, you're 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 saying that it's not just that he's that you're that you're that you're not alone or that he's with you, mm -hmm. but he's actually inhabited your shoes, yeah. um, and really in in far more, um, he's gone farther into suffering exactly. than than any yeah. of us ever could, and that's so we have a savior who mm -hmm. is not just with us, but he's inhabited mm -hmm. that place of of suffering. Mm -hmm. the The incarnation itself is is that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Staying on this this theme of suffering, have there mm -hmm. have there been times when when people have ministered well 
to you mm. as a mm -hmm. as a sufferer. Um, they they've they've been able to be winsome in that. And if so, what what's that been like? Can you give some examples of that? Sure. Yeah. Well, I have been ministered to very well in suffering. Um, I, I mean, honestly, just when people have come alongside me and listened, asked questions, kind of truly entered in uh, with me, not trying to fix it, um, but but willing to cry out to the Lord with me has been just a big uh, gift in, in the midst of suffering. Um, also, I, a, one story I'm thinking of is, is a time when uh, some friends really met some tangible needs mm -hmm. in the midst of suffering. Um, one season in particular, um, it was Christmas time, and uh, my husband and I were really overwhelmed with life. I had uh, just gotten off the couch after healing from six weeks of a, a pretty traumatic uh, second childbirth. Mm. <laughs> and uh, around that same time, my father-in-law actually died mm. from uh, complications of heart surgery. Wow. And so we were headed out of town to go to the funeral and uh, had no time, you know, to really prepare our home for Christmas, you know, even let alone our hearts for Christmas. Mm -hmm. You know, we were just kind of in this whirlwind. And we came back uh, from this trip out of town to our house, just weary. You know, it was, it was a wonderful time to be with family, but we were just tired and, and overwhelmed still. And we, walked, we opened the door to our house, and someone from our home group uh, at church had somehow, I still don't know how this happened, but somehow found a way into our house and completely decorated our house for Christmas, wow. setting up the tree and candles and lights. And so we walked, and I just cried. I was so <laughs> thankful. I just couldn't believe to the, the lengths, you know, that mm. people had gone uh, to just think out of the box, to think yeah. of something that we wouldn't have been able to to do, and really just met tangible needs in, in some really meaningful ways. So it turned out to be a really sweet Christmas in the midst of the mm -hmm. sorrow, just because of the, how we were loved. Yeah, that's a that's a great story, and you and it's really, yeah, it's really highlighting that it's our words matter, obviously, mm -hmm. um, and the you know. How do we use our words? Do we use them to, to fix um, or mm -hmm. do we use them to console? But also the, the deeds, you know, what, yeah. what actions, how can we move into someone's life in very tangible ways? And that's, that's just a great example of just a huge mm -hmm. blessing and surprise that, yeah. that you guys received. Yep, absolutely. It was really, really precious. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, the converse can happen as well, though, right? Like that mm. we we don't um, we don't sometimes minister well mm -hmm. uh, to others mm -hmm. in, in the midst of suffering. So, have mm -hmm. have there been times where you've been, I guess, either on the receiving or the giving end, right, mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. unhelpful ways of uh, moving into someone's suffering? Mm. You know, it's hard for me to think of an example when someone has not loved me well in suffering, which I, hmm. I count as a gift. <laughs> That's an incredible blessing. Yeah, yeah I, nothing comes to mind uh, on the surface. But, um, you know, being in ministry, I have seen some of this happen in the lives of others. Um, you know, I had a friend uh, with cancer who you know, talked about well-meaning people coming up to her and saying, you know, if you just considered maybe a vegetarian diet, I bet mm -hmm. that would go a long way. And, 
um, being trying to be helpful for sure, but in the moment it just feels uh, un you know unloving. Um, so I think you know some of the other examples that come to mind are. Um, I think when when people try to heal wounds lightly, mm. uh, maybe slapping a, a scripture verse, um, you know, well, God's ways are just higher than our ways, and you know, good yeah. good things will come of this, and God's working all things together for your good. And and while those things are absolutely true, in the moment, what they need is someone to cry with them and to cry out with them to the Lord, and mm -hmm. and just express, you know, just to acknowledge that. This is really hard and we don't see, we don't see what's happening, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I absolutely get it. You know, people want to help. They, yeah. they're, it's hard to see someone suffering. Mm -hmm. So in no way am I condemning the, <laughs> the helpers who are yeah. trying to help. But, um, yeah, it's, it's sometimes there are no easy solutions or quick fixes. And, mm. um, so yeah, mm -hmm. learning to lament with people. Uh, in their suffering goes just goes a really long way. Yeah, no, that's that's really I think that's really important. I mean, you're highlighting, and actually, there's a phrase that comes to mind from uh, Pastor uh, Zach Eswine um, mm -hmm. in in one of his books, where he talks about us living with inconsolable things. Mm -hmm. You know, this side mm -hmm. of glory that there there are certain things that just won't be made right uh, mm -hmm. until glory. And particularly in those places, for us mm -hmm. to um, give pat answers or trite answers, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it ge generally is not helpful. Um, mm -hmm. Helping someone, as you say, helping someone lament and grieve mm -hmm. those inconsolable mm -hmm. things, um, walk alongside them, help them in, mm -hmm. in tangible ways is yeah, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so important. Yeah. Yeah. How about on the... If you if you have anything on the giving side, like places where you have uh, not uh, ministered well to to someone who's who's suffering, that you look back and say, ah, I oh, wish yeah. I would have done this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think an easy one for me is just with my kids. Uh, you know, wanting to fix it, wanting mm -hmm. to instead of again instead of listening, instead of coming alongside. Uh, wanting to look for all the options of what we could do, or what you know, mm -hmm. why are you feeling this way and you know, not, not patiently coming mm -hmm. alongside. I think I could say the same, you know, uh, with their sin, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, <laughs> you right. know, it's, it's easier to yell at them and say, what are you doing? Yes. Then to come alongside and say, okay, well, where is this coming from? Yeah. You know, let's, exactly. let's talk through this. And, uh, you know, is there, are you fearing? Are mm. you, uh, where, where is their identity? You know? Yes. Um, so it's also exposing, my own heart mm -hmm. when I'm yelling at them. Mm -hmm. It's certainly not helping the situation. Uh, but, you know, coming alongside them in a gentle, in a gentle way is, is uh, a lot more effective long-term, let's put it that way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With uh, their hearts. <laughs> Short-term gain, it seems, and saying, hey, what are you, you know, like, uh, yeah, like that, yeah. uh, even that falls flat <laughs> really quickly. Yeah. 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 So it, it does give opportunity, I will say, uh, to go back to them and to say, you know, mom was wrong. I was wrong for flying off the handle. And it, it, it has given me opportunity to, to demonstrate the gospel to them mm -hmm. uh, and say, yeah, this is a daily thing for me. And I'm still, I'm still finding areas that I'm, 
I'm needy and that I, I'm quick to anger. And uh, so it, it, God can redeem it in those ways, which is a real sweet thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, being able to model, in a sense, ultimately that mm-hmm. dependence on the Lord mm-hmm. and saying, yeah, I, I blew it here. <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes with our kids, right, it, it, well, with adults too, but we can, it can be confusing to know, like, what, what falls into the realm of mm-hmm. suffering and what is, you know, mm-hmm. what are issues of sin? Like I was thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes our children's uh, bedtimes, one of my children had a lot of problems going to, to sleep at night. And mm-hmm. looking back, looking back now, I think, ah, that was more fear than, mm. you know, rebelliousness. Um, mm-hmm. And I would have handled it very differently. Uh, so totally. I think, yeah, sometimes we, what's principally suffering, we mm-hmm. shift into the, into the sin category. That's right. That's right. Sort of asking questions and mm-hmm. finding out where it's coming from. It changes the whole perspective. Yeah. Yep. A lot of times, too, with my kids, you know, um, if they're if they're just kind of acting out or, you know, just doing things that are so frustrating, often it's anxiety and fear, Mm -hmm. you know, kind Mm -hmm. of what you're saying, just this uh, things are are hard at school or. And so I found that what you're saying is talking with them and getting a fuller picture. Sometimes they're not even aware, you know, that it's where it's coming from or uh, they're just as frustrated uh, as we are, you Mm -hmm. know on the opposite end. So it, it does, it brings a whole lot to light when I can stop and take a breath and go, okay, what's, how, how am I responding here? What yeah. needs, what needs to happen? Yeah. Taking, taking yeah. the time to listen, to ask questions yeah. and not yeah. make assumptions about where mm-hmm. their, where their heart's at. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Still in this, you know, in this realm or this theme of suffering, what, how, what, places in scripture have been really mm. helpful to you in the midst of uh, your suffering? Hmm. Well, the first one that comes to mind uh, is Psalm 139. That is just my kind of my go-to, my favorite. I memorized it when I was a kid and it just kind of stuck with me, which I, I really think shows a lot or says a lot mm-hmm. about memorizi- m- memorizing when you're young because I know that my brain just doesn't hold on to things <laughs> the same way now. But um, Well, yeah. Sarah, give it to us now. Why don't you just... Uh, <laughs> that's no. right. <laughs> I won't put you in that spot. Oh, uh, that's right. I, I probably could, but uh, knowing, <laughs> knowing I'm on the spot might change things a little bit. But, um, but you know, Psalm 139, it, it really does um, just remind me, you know, oh, Lord, you have searched me and you mm. know me and you know when I sit and when I rise and you perceive my thoughts from afar and you discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. And I mean, it's just such a beautiful mm. remembrance of, of the fact that, again, he's there. He's not, a, I'm not alone. Um, but more than that, he knows the intricacies of, of my mind and my heart. And he's, he has planned out my steps before one day even came to be. And uh, there's nowhere I can escape from him. He's, he's always there. He's always thinking of me. When I wake up, I am still with you. You know, just these, these beautiful pictures of the fact that, that he is just this tender, loving father that's, that has been familiar with me before I even knew mm-hmm. that I existed, you know. Yeah. Um, so just a, that to me is just such a comforting uh, reminder when I'm in the midst mm-hmm. of suffering. Um, another single verse that I really uh, love and go to a lot 
um, is in Isaiah, and I kind of forget. I did write down the reference because I always forget what it is. Forty-one uh, thirteen. Uh, it says, "For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. Mm. I will help you.'" And I think just the picture, you know, again of a tender father just taking hold of my hand and saying, yeah. "It's okay. I've got this. I'm with you." You know, as as we would do to one of our kids if they were afraid or walking into something unknown. Um, so that's been a go-to verse to me uh, through mm. the years, just through through some of the ups and downs. Just he's he's telling me I've got you. Takes hold of my right hand and says I'm I'm here. So yeah, there's I, some there's some overlapping themes I feel like in this podcast. <laughs> no doubt. The I am not alone. I am not yes. alone theme. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking because both of those you know. Both Psalm one thirty nine and the and the Isaiah passage highlight the the nearness and the mm-hmm. knownness of mm-hmm. us, you know, mm-hmm. before before the Lord. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's really that's really neat how yeah. that how that's reinforcing, right? Going right along mm-hmm. with I'm I'm not alone. You know, He's mm-hmm. with me, and again, not even just beside me. He grabs my hand. He's that mm-hmm. He's that close. Mm-hmm. He's that tender. Yeah, a tangible mm-hmm. act. Yeah. Yeah. How how about so we've been talking about suffering and the ways in which um, we've we've either been ministered too well or not so well. How how about in the realm of yeah our growth in Christ? Um, mm. In terms of ha, have there been times when people have come to you in a very yeah, in a very helpful way to speak into your life on areas of of mm. sin. And if so, what was mm. what's that what's that been like? You know, we, hi- we both of us were highlighting how we the places where we've blown it in terms of the particularly with our children, um, mm. maybe not addressing sin very winsomely. What what about mm-hmm. winsomely? When when has that happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there is a time that jumps into my mind. I remember uh, a time in particular, I was feeling the nudge of the Holy Spirit to lead in a certain area of the church um, where there was a glaring need. And uh, as I as I said, my first default is, oh, certainly not me. I'm just, you know, there's certainly someone could do this better than I could and was feeling insecure. So I didn't do it. I didn't I didn't step up right away. But I was, you know, I was talking over talking it over with the Lord and and, uh, you know, just wondering if I should do this. But I was yeah, I just really was insecure and fearful and, and giving into those tendencies and um, an older uh, woman in our church, a dear sister, uh, took me aside one day. This, I, I mean, I was wrestling with the Lord for a week or so, and mm-hmm. uh, she took. She's like, "Can I talk to you for a minute?" I was like, "Oh, sure, sure." So she she just very lovingly and kindly encouraged me to think about this role, and um, she had no idea, you know, of my insecurities. She she didn't know that I was wrestling with the Holy Spirit over this, but she just felt the nudge and felt like she needed to talk to me. And, and just, she was so kind and gentle. She just asked questions of why I was, you know, worried or why, I, you know, what were my insecurities and what was I thinking? And uh, she prayed with me. And honestly, I was, I was in tears before it was all said and done because I just thought how sweet of, of the Lord to, to prompt someone to come alongside me to really engage my fear and mm-hmm. to engage 
uh, where I was not resting in my secure identity as a as a child of God. Mm-hmm. And so we prayed together and uh, you know, she even, you know, even as I stepped into that leadership role, it was just really sweet to have her there uh, to fall back on and go, hey, can you pray for me about this, you know, and and pray for me as I walk into this. And uh, and then of course it was a joy to to actually experience the Lord working through me in that role, mm-hmm. uh, which I would have missed out on if I hadn't uh hadn't done it. So, but just, just her, her winsomeness and coming alongside me and just gently, it wasn't, it wasn't harsh. It wasn't, uh, condemning. It was just mm-hmm. this, uh, yeah, just a simple question asking, uh, stance mm. that she came into my life with. So yeah, she was really sweet. It was a, just a, a time of discipleship that I remember. Yeah. But it, but so, yeah, so helpful, right? To, to, you could see kind of a decision point, right? Like where um, a person could come to you and kind of browbeat you into it, you know, like what's what's wrong mm-hmm. with you? Step to the mm-hmm. plate, um, and you might have done it, but right, but it, but it just with yeah. what we've talked about with in terms of fear and man, you might have just said, okay, yeah, um, but but wouldn't uh-huh. have had kind of the the settled sense of being led you know, by, by this person before the Lord to come, you know, to lay in a sense, to lay your heart bare, but very Mm -hmm. carefully. And Mm -hmm. then to say, yes, Lord, I, I don't want to respond in fear. So, so that's it. Or the opposite extreme, like, I don't, I don't know, this is between her and the Lord. I don't, I don't think I'm going to, you know, Mm -hmm. even, you know, right get involved. And so th- what a, yeah. what a wonderful kind of mm-hmm. mediating path uh, mm-hmm. for her to come alongside you in that way. Yeah. She really modeled for me how to do that, you know? So I think it's, there's also been times in my own life where I'm like, oh, remember how she did this for me? Maybe, you know, as I sense the Lord's prompting mm-hmm. to do that with others, it, it, she just gave me a great model mm-hmm. to follow after. Mm-hmm. To come alongside. Yeah. Does does anything come to mind there in terms of what you just said? In terms of places where, hmm. even in recent, you know, in recent memory, where it's like, maybe you were maybe you were hesitant to to go into someone's life, or you, but you're after the hmm. fact, you're like, okay, I'm really thankful. I, you know, yeah. listened to the spirits prompting and was able to walk with this person. Hmm. I mean, my kids always jump to my mind, but I'm trying to think of. Uh, well, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah, just different different things in parenting. Uh, yeah, j- just again, I mean, we've kind of talked about this a little bit. But just coming alongside and asking more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just she. My friend just really taught me that and has helped mm-hmm. me to think through those things. I'm sorry, I'm not bringing no, up a, that's fine. Yeah. an example uh-huh. right now, but yeah. Yeah. I think just, yeah, just you highlighting the slowing, the slowing down and the, mm. I mean, you see that in the, you see that in the ministry of Jesus and often mm. when he asks very probing kinds of, kinds of questions, but like I'm thinking mm. of the, the woman at the well in, in John mm. four and just how, carefully mm-hmm. slowly he got to the heart of the matter for you know for yeah. her and yeah I, we can be very impatient <laughs> yes. with that uh, process mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah in fact sometimes i'm 
you know, like, oh, Lord, please help me to know how to ask questions. I feel like that's a whole, mm. that's a whole, uh, you know, a whole nother ball game is, is figuring how to get to the heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, still working on that, too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I think in the past, maybe I would have, you know, focused on just things that I observe, you know, mm-hmm. um, you did this, what's up with that, you know, versus... Mm-hmm. And you highlighted this earlier, sometimes even outright sin that we see, you know, anger, destructive behavior or something like that. Mm -hmm. Behind that is shame or fear Mm -hmm. or grief. Mm -hmm. or um, And so it's important to Mm -hmm. ask those kinds of questions to to tease that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What? So over the, this is a broad a broad question, but um, and so many people have spoken many things into your life over the years. But what would you say are some of the most helpful things that mm-hmm. were were said to you, and why why were they so helpful? Yeah, um, I think one of the most helpful things that was said to me, and again, this we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but. Um, someone said to me once that your kids don't need a perfect parent. They need a repentant parent. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's just, that has really set me free a lot on this parenting journey. And really, I mean, in many realms of life, you know, that um, they don't need a perfect leader. They need a, per- uh, a repentant leader. Yeah. Um, you know, you can apply it to so many different mm-hmm. areas, but um, just just that that idea that we uh, run to Jesus and and running to Jesus is actually modeling what what the Christian life is. Mm-hmm. And uh, for my kids in particular, um, they're not going to be perfect kids, and they're not going to grow up to be perfect adults or perfect parents themselves. And mm-hmm. so, being able to model for them that that's actually not the goal. The goal is not perfection. Mm-hmm. The goal is, is repentance. The goal is, is just running to Jesus quicker, you know, yeah. just when, when uh, that sin happens, when um, those failures happen, just running, running to him. And, you know, it's not, it's not intuitive to run to Jesus when we sin. Yeah. <laughs> it's not intuitive because you, you, you want to cower, you want to hide, mm-hmm. uh, like Adam and Eve in the garden, yep. you know, they, they ran and they hid. That's our, that is our bent. That's our nature. Um, but yeah, just, I think that, that perspective of that, that's, that's the, not just okay to do, but running to Jesus is actually the right thing to do. That's what he longs for, you know, to, to be with us in that sin and suffering. Mm-hmm. So, um, modeling that through wherever it be, be it parenting or leadership mm-hmm. uh, or wherever, even as a friend, mm-hmm. um, that's that's really that really has set me through, set me free mm-hmm. to know that it's it's not about perfection. So it's about yes. running to Jesus. Yeah, and that's that's really good news uh, for. Yes. Uh, recovering Pharisees like myself, you know, like it's it's sort of, um, yeah, it's right. It's easy to, uh, either, uh, cover it or Mm -hmm. move into a place of, well, I'll do, you know, I've got to, how can I fix this or what do I need to do or move into a place Mm -hmm. of, uh, of self pity. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that doesn't, that doesn't, promote the aroma of Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. there's only one remedy, uh, for, for mm-hmm. a sin. And you're, you're highlighting that, that actually 
modeling that dependence mm-hmm. and that weakness and our mm-hmm. our own brokenness and in sin mm-hmm. to those mm-hmm. around us is is really is really important but, yeah. but hard to do right because we we yeah. want we want to main we in spite of everything <laughs> we've been talking about in terms of foundation in our security in Christ how easy it is to resort to wanting yes. to look a certain way or be a certain yeah. way and I don't I don't like weakness Right, right. We want to prop ourselves up and we want to look better than we really are. And that's just not, that's not what the Christian life looks like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, you know, just going back to the cross chart, um, as, as I see more and more of, of the beauty of the cross of who, who Christ is and what he's done, that's, that's really where, where it's at, you know, Mm -hmm. not, not seeing how, I'm not depending on my holiness. I'm depending on his. Mm-hmm. And that's what's not intuitive. You yeah. know, yeah. We're, try- we're trying to make it on our own. And that's, that's mm-hmm. just, we're going to fall flat every time. So, yeah. 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 It's a, definitely a, a whole life of, of learning and transformation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And uh, I mean, what would you say for you now? The, the kind of, where, where do you see the Lord at work? What's the, mm. where... Where is, what's he putting his finger on? How is he uh, coming mm-hmm. near you in the midst of particular struggles that you have now? What are you, what are you mm-hmm. noticing? What's been fresh, yeah. so to speak? Yeah. Well, I would say after 11 months of this pandemic, <laughs> of being and under counting, one roof. Yes, yes mm-hmm. and counting. That's right. Uh, with my family, you know, we've all been under one roof. My kids are still in virtual school mm-hmm. uh, since, you know, it's been 11 months. They haven't gone back in person yet hopefully soon. But uh, so, you know, in a given day, um, they're up in their rooms doing virtual school. I'm in the dining room doing my work and my husband's in the basement doing his work. And, um, you know, I was actually laughing yesterday because this this kind of came to a head. (laughs) Uh, And I thought, oh, boy, Lord, you're really giving me content for tomorrow's podcast. (laughs) Excellent. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I mean, as much as I love, I have really loved the impromptu, uh, you know, conversations, just some of the neat together time that we've had as a family. There have also been so many moments of frustration. And yesterday just held a lot of those, you know, the kids coming down on their lunch breaks or on their study halls, and they just want to process the day. And they're, and here I am trying to, I'm thinking through this podcast, and I'm thinking through my work, I'm trying to get stuff done. And so bottom line is my agenda was not happening. <laughs> and I'm clinging, you know, to control here. Like, what can I, what can I possibly cling to, to get some stuff done today? So by, by noon, I, I already like four or five interruptions had happened. Mm. And I had to go to them and say, guys, I'm sorry. i I'm, I'm trying to push my agenda and I love hearing what's going on. And, you know, Thanks for being patient with mom. And <laughs> so I would say to answer your question, I fe- yeah. feel like it's just these daily mm. moments, these daily heart, uh, anger, control, you know, um, me being an introvert. Here's another example. Uh, you know, I just don't have much time to myself. You know, it's yeah. we're in a household of of people and there's always someone passing through. And mm-hmm. so, uh, again, kind of relinquishing my my preferences and and still being honest, you know, with hey, I'm going to take just a few minutes to just quiet my mind and and you know they're very respectful of that too. But yeah. um, but 
you know, I think where my heart can go is, oh, I'm so frustrated and I'm angry. <laughs> and I'll say I didn't know I had so much anger yeah, until, I know. I just... <laughs> until I'm trapped, not trapped, but you know what I mean, with yeah. with my with my family. So um, anyway, I, I feel like that whole um, <laughs> that picture of the toothpaste tube being squeezed and whatever's inside yeah. is going to come out. And, and I feel like my toothpaste tube is squeezed, you know, I feel yeah. like anger comes out and, uh, frustration and, uh, resentfulness. And so there's, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot there. So just again, uh, being, instead of, uh, beating myself up or wallowing in, mm-hmm. in shame over my actions, um, I'm just learning to, to run to Jesus, to, to confess to him what, what's going on and even process with him, like, what is going on, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and then running to my kids and to my husband and saying, yeah, I, I need your forgiveness here and help me, <laughs> help me with this, mm-hmm. pray with me, you know? Yeah. So it's been, it's been, it's been good. Yeah, the, the the close quarters definitely like brings <laughs> there's just the brings multiple opportunities right to uh-huh. um, for these for these daily moments yeah. uh, these and 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 I like what you're doing in terms of just highlighting in one sense the just the very mundane mm-hmm. aspect of day to day life like this mm-hmm. you know growing in Christ is not this you know, generally, right, this big, huge leap right. um, and fireworks. And it's sort of like, mm-hmm. did I not squeeze the toothpaste into the sink, yeah. literally? Uh, or <laughs> yeah, did, literally. I, did I leave the dirty dishes for someone else to do? Or uh, or did I yell at someone because of the dirty right. dishes right, in right. the sink? And how, how, much of, how much of living out mm-hmm. our identity as sons and daughters of the king mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is in those micro moments of, of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something else too, as we're talking about um, living out life with other people, that's another way I've been challenged through this pandemic mm. um, is just to, I've just been recognizing, you know, we're not made to be little islands. And I think right now it takes a lot of effort mm-hmm. to connect with with other friends and and the body of Christ and and people uh, that we might you know not see on a day to day basis, uh, especially in this pandemic mm-hmm. world that we're living in. So that's also been something that the Holy Spirit has been challenging me and just meaningful community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I have you know I, I'm really thankful that our our women's Bible study at church as well as our home group with church has both have both had virtual options. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a nice, you know, nice outlet, but even just, you know, um, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's prompting of texting someone or, uh, calling someone or taking walks, you know, initiate, mm-hmm. initiating a walk with someone just to, um, it's not only, not only to reach out to them, but I think it's also good for my own soul to just oh, recognize so. there's, there's other people's lives going on and there's a lot more happening than what's mm-hmm. in our little household. And, um, it's just been stretching, but it's been mm-hmm. a really good, it's been uh, really fruitful and, and encouraging uh, once once I've taken those steps to do it. But mm-hmm. again, it doesn't always come natural for an introvert like me <laughs> yeah. to, uh, you know, to take those initial steps. But uh, I need, I need my brothers and sisters. So yeah, yeah that's right. It's been I mean, sweet when it's happened. Yeah. 
And I think because of the pandemic, just the kind of the natural built-in rhythms that it's like mm -hmm. we, you know, we go to Bible study or we go to home mm -hmm. group or we go to church. Or, yep. Um, yep. It's you really having to be self-conscious about about doing mm -hmm. that in, in, in many mm -hmm. in many cases. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. And yeah. and again, highlighting that and woven all throughout our conversation is other people. Right. Like we, mm -hmm. we're not mm -hmm. uh, we're not. Um, yeah, we're not a solo, this is not a solo operation, you know, there's, there's right. a, uh, what's it, it's a book by a Todd Bolsinger called, it takes a church to raise a Christian. Mm. And so I like that there's mm -hmm. this sense in which I don't, I, I, I need other people in my suffering and I need mm -hmm. other people mm -hmm. in, you know, mm -hmm. in my struggle with, with sin. So you're, you're highlighting that yeah. in the, in the, yeah. the need for proactivity in that. Mm -hmm. And unless we're rubbing shoulders we don't know how people are suffering and they don't know how we're suffering. They don't, we don't, mm -hmm. we don't, sometimes we don't see sin in our lives and we need people who are, you know, coming alongside us and looking from the outside in. And so, yeah, it is, it, it gets me out of my, out of my little shell, you know, to, to have those uh, landmarks like home group where we're sharing what's really going on and, mm -hmm. and how is, how is, you know, scripture hitting you this week and mm -hmm. where are you, where are you feeling your need, you know, this week? And so those are things that you sometimes wouldn't naturally stop to think about unless you have people speaking in and asking those yep. questions. Yes. Well, I am just very grateful for the time, uh, Sarah, for us to to talk and to just consider uh, your your life in Christ and our lives together uh, in Christ. So, thank you for for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CCEF podcast: Stories from Saints, Sufferers, and Sinners. If you haven't yet purchased a copy of Mike Emlett's new book, our friends at Westminster Bookstore are offering a 50% off special to our podcast listeners. Just go to WTSbooks.com, add Saints, Suffers, and Sinners to your cart, and at checkout, use the code SSSPOD. Again, that code is SSSPOD. Also, we want to say a special thank you to poor Bishop Hooper for all the music in this episode. The music is from their newest project, Every Psalm, in which they aim to release a psalm-based song each week for all 150 psalms. Nobody who waits for you will see disgrace Teach me all your righteous paths Make known your ways to me, Lord Nobody who waits for you will see disgrace Teach me all your righteous paths Make known your ways to me, Lord Lead me by your truth, my God, and teach me now I'll wait for you the whole day long You are the God of my salvation 
Forgotten of my sinful youth. 